Hi, Alyssa. Um, I currently don't have insurance because of, you know, the writer's insurance doesn't kick in until you're a professional writer. And I、mm-hmm. cut my finger last night and it's pretty deep. And I was wondering if I can maybe come in and get stitched up from you guys. Unfor- unfortunately, our veterinarian is not qualified to、um, do that on a human. So you would need to see a regular. <sighs> well, Here's the, pro- here's the thing. I, I can't go to a regular doctor because I don't have insurance, but I do have,、um, I have, a, sick, I have a sick hamster、um, that I've had for you know, years. Is there any way that I could maybe <clears throat> bring him in for a little, I don't know, a little checkup and while we're there, a little so so of the finger? It's just pretty deep. I was, it's a pretty deep knife. I was, you know, I was making a little.、Uh, Cheese and crackers for my neighbor, who we kind of have a thing, but you know, she won't admit it. <laughs> and while I was cutting the cheese, it kind of went into my fingers. So it was a little bit deep, but I'm just wondering if I come in with the hamster and, you know, the doctor checks out the hamster. And while I'm there too, maybe a little sewing of my finger gets sewed up. Thoughts? Unfortunately, we don't have a doctor that sees hamsters. It's mostly、um, small animals like dogs and cats. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. We used to have a, it just depends on the vet when they're,、um, but yeah. You're going to tell you me? Try, you, so, so you you're going to, wait, another- I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to get heated, but you're going to tell me that your doctor won't sew up a human finger and won't look at a hamster? I mean, what does she even do all day long? So she doesn't, she's not qualified to look at the hamster. They specialize in certain animals. Okay. So, you could, you could find a vet that looks at, ha- at hamsters. Well, you're not going to like my Yelp review. How does that sound? I'm sorry, sir. Look, I was calling just as a, as a human who, with needs. I need my neighbor to finally fall for me, and I need my fingers sewed up, and I need my hamster to look after. And you're on the phone. Just yelling at me, telling me that there's none of this for me. I'm going to sit here all day with a sick hamster and a bleeding finger. You don't have to sit there. You could just find a different place, sir. I'm sorry. I've already called 10 other veterinarians. No one will help me. Sir, one second. What do I got? People in my phone. What do I got? I got people in my people phone. People in my phone. What do I got? People in my phone. Watch out. All right, this is People in My Phone, a prank call podcast、uh, with me. My name is Dan Levy. My guest today is a very good friend of mine, hilarious comedian, magician, host. I mean, you do it all. Hi, Dan. Pitbull owner. Pitbull owner, yeah. Justin Wilman. Yeah. Hi, buddy. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good, buddy. Thanks for being on this. Thanks for having me in your studio. I'm so excited that you're here because we are going to prank call a magic shop. <laughs> yes. Which is going to be so fun. Because <laughs>、uh-huh. there's so much comedy in magic, as you know, being a magician. Well, it's so funny is that you could prank call a magic shop, and no matter what you say, probably won't be as ridiculous as the calls they get every day from actual <laughs> magicians. Like, That's you really what have、happens. to push it. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so much. You, you are, I will say, like, you are, gen- I mean, r- really, you are like the most genuine person I know. You're such a, a good guy. I mean, you're funny, you're charming, you know, 
but you are surround yourself with some real weirdos from the magic community. That's probably the only reason you think I'm super genuine is that by <laughs> contrast, the people I hang out with wear sequins. Yeah, because so. Justin will say like, hey, buddy, come hang out at my house. And you get there and everyone's in capes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cape party. It was not it a, was cape, a party. cape party. We were celebrating that you got engaged and everyone there is in capes. <laughs> but, um, um, but I'm glad that you're here. Because uh, I'm happy you know, to be here. I love pranks. You love pranks. I've been levied so many times over the years. You don't want to leave your phone around Dan Levy. You don't want to leave anything around Dan Levy. But you love pranks. I do love pranks. We were, we, we lived together in the Oakwoods. We lived in the Oakwoods. Uh, I had a, I owned a bunny and a dove at the time when we you were did. living that in the was, Oakwoods. That was an life. elaborate prank of mine <laughs> yeah. that I was actually making money on. That was a life prank because we were living together and on our porch was just bunnies and doves and we were you know young and single we'd be like hey ladies come over to our place and it would just be full of diesel jeans and live small animals yeah it was pretty it worked it was great it we, was you have to crazy. stand out you have to stand out at the Oakwoods. and we did and my, my favorite thing that happened when we were living together was uh you had a bunny and you were a touring magician you've been a touring magician since i met you <laughs> so we, we yeah we moved we moved we moved to la and then i had a gig in maine <clears throat> like a week after we moved to la so i had to fly with my rabbit and this is pre-9-11 i think yeah pre post yeah. pre-9-11 probably immediately post 9-11 actually oh you're right it immediately post 9-11 so i would normally take my bunny in like a little carry-on puppy cage and put it on the airplane but in this case, they wouldn't let me take it on the airplane because they, they thought it was uh, like a rodent that could, you know, chew through the wires of the plane and take down the plane or something. Yeah. Like a Talibunny is Talibunny, what you, you yeah. dubbed him as. So I had to come back home. This is pre-Uber, so I had to put it in a super shuttle yeah. and tell the guy to drive it to you at the Oakwoods. The bunny was probably the last stop, and he, he literally drove it to you at the Oakwoods and yeah, said... So I remember I was waiting. It was like 1 a.m., and super shuttle finally shows up, and it's just like... Kind of like heavy set, I, I, he's heavy set like Mexican guy who shows up and he's like laughing so hard because he knows that he's been driving around a bunny all night. So he <laughs> takes the bunny out of the trunk and he's like, oh, bunny for you? That's what he said to me. I'll never forget bunny for you. And then I had to take the bunny inside uh-huh. and I don't know, feed it or whatever. Yeah, you're a good, you're a good bunny sitter. I, I am a good bunny sitter. Fast forward to me, I had to do that show in Maine with no bunny, <laughs> with no finale. <laughs> Yeah, because your finale was lighting a giant fire and having a bunny appear. I know, which at the time I thought totally made sense, but in retrospect, that bunny was probably scared shitless every night. Yeah, You don't work with animals right now. Yeah, and by the way, that wasn't a comedy act back then. That was like I was doing it straight. Oh, right, you had no jokes then. Well, I mean, I had, that was, I guess, the jokes, I I just wasn't aware of them. The jokes were, I'm lighting a bunny on fire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Good night. Those bunny days are over. But now, I mean, come on. Now God. there's so much stuff going on. You're working on a Comedy Central show, your Comedy own Central show. pilot, yes. yes. So trying to figure to out what, what to call it right now. And what um, it is. What that means is that, uh, you know, at Nerd Melt in, in L.A., we've been doing this couple different versions of shows for the past two years, figuring out ways to have the perfect marriage of, of magic and funny. And um, we which finally found great, it. Which is very hard. Because, you know, I uh, have been to so many... I know so much about magic, so much more because of you. Right. Um, and I've been to the Magic Castle, and I, we went to Vegas, and I... And seen, you went to high school with some magicians, like Ryan Oaks was exactly. kind of a Stanford guy, so you've been, you know... Yeah, so I've been around magic my whole life, but obviously, since we're such good friends, like, now I'm really about magic. I mean, we, we went to Vegas, instead of going to strip clubs, we went to see that... Murray. Murray. We went to go see Murray. <laughs> this guy with the blonde uh-huh. high top go through CDs. Yeah. 
That was weird. But we would always go like with out of respect. We'd be like, oh, wow, he's four wall in this place. Good yeah, for yeah. him. Yeah, it's 4 p.m. It. Way to do it. But <laughs> so, so we kind of, like magic was very normal to us. Yeah. You know, and well, for you as a comedian, unu- like you were, had unusually normal perspective of magic. Yeah, I'm always impressed by the entrepreneurial aspect of magic that people don't realize or respect. I think. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, for years I was doing kids' birthday parties. When we were at the Oakwoods, I would do like kids' shows on the weekends, you know, and because magic is one of those things where you can actually, comedy, I think in LA is tougher. Like there's a certain, you have to get to a certain level before you can actually start getting a return on your time investment. Mm -hmm. But magic, you can just, you know, you just make business cards and you gig it up. Yeah, I mean, in college, you were making money nonstop. You were throwing giant, crazy parties. In cages. In cages. With no bunnies in those cages. (laughs) No bunnies. Well, bunnies. I just have, like, I just remember you just, like, doing kids' birthday parties, being, like, in the the cover of, like, kids, I don't know, Boston, Boston family. parents paper. Yeah, Boston yeah. parents paper. The wholesome news. The wholesome news, and then taking all the wholesome money from those parties and just buying <laughs> alcohol and drugs <laughs> and throwing parties and impressing girls with foam bunnies. Yeah, and inviting everyone you've had on your podcast so far, Dan Mintz. Yeah, there. exactly. Very all these confused, people have very been confused. to those great magic parties. Yeah. Yeah, good times over the years. But you are, but you are like a very funny magician and obviously a funny person. But there are certain magicians that we'll see sometimes that are just like you know they they aren't there aren't a lot of funny magicians and a lot of magicians don't even have comedy in their acts. Like there's that one guy who we saw who just does magic with white cats to techno music, right? And that is is it, it's it's very it's it's funny to watch. It's like very entertaining, but it's not like hard jokes like what you're doing. Well, there's no jo- he doesn't even say a word. Yeah. So he's well, there's, <laughs> but there's, it is very funny. There's the magicians who are like just straight up not funny, but just awesome. Yeah. You know. But then there's the magicians who are trying to be straight up not funny and awesome, but are mm-hmm. hilarious because they have white cats and techno music. Yeah. And then there's the magicians who try to be funny. And what's what's interesting about magicians versus comedians is that magicians can get by for years on just like kind of hack jokes and modest amount of humor because you have, like if the joke, you have an impossible thing that happens in the end. So like magic is the punchline. So you can kind of get away with some some mediocre comedy up top, but as long as the trick works, magicians think that that they don't need to, you know, push themselves any further. And then there's people like David Copperfield, who we both saw recently, yes. who just fully just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he is so rich. That show that we saw, he was literally like, and there it is. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like he, he should, like that was the mo- the funniest thing I've ever seen because I've never seen someone who I've like there's so much hype about him my entire life right and then you've you never see seen him, him in live, live never before. seen him live and he's obviously one of the greatest magicians of all time but up close in person he looked like you know my dad like yeah he's like there's like, a Jewish guy who happens to, to show up on a motorcycle in the middle of a stage well he's do- and he's doing jokes like he's like kind of become like a comedy magic uncle you like, know with big and, toys uh, there it is yeah very slow. But he's like the magician I saw when I was 12 that made me want to be a magician. So who, like, who's that comedy equivalent for you? I mean, the, the comedian who I saw that made me want to do comedy, I don't even remember their name because yeah. I just remember it being any evening at the improv. And it was this guy who did this joke that said... Um, the circus theme song, originally that was a song for the gladiators. Um, you know, during that time. Mm-hmm. So could you imagine like a giant gladiator coming out of a coliseum being like, here he is, he's going <laughs> to kill a lion. And I remember just being like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing of all time. Really? Yeah, and I'm, I, I, I was like nine. Uh-huh. And I remember even the next morning calling my mom and telling her that joke. 
and just being like, this was the greatest and thing ever. And she laughed in your retelling of it? I think she probably wasn't listening. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, I got to uh, do comedy. But then I remember actually like having, watching Bring the Pain when I was in high school, the uh -huh. Rock special. I yeah. remember that really just like hitting me so hard. Like I was laughing so hard at that special that I couldn't like believe it was happening. Wow. And that's well. We used to laugh, and we used to laugh so hard at Attel, like when oh, when, yeah. when Attel, when Skanks for the Memory came out. Skanks for the Memory. We would album. drive around LA in your rental little like Red compact car, car. Yeah, yeah, and listen to that, and then Dane Cook's album. We would laugh so hard. So for me, as you can imagine, like Copperfield, who's like this idol as a child, going to see him now, he's like a paradox because he. To, to you, it's like it seems like he's phoning it in, but like the magic that he's doing is like he's got tons of new stuff on the show. So he's constantly like pushing to develop new things, but his delivery is very like phoned in, which kind of is a, is a bummer. You want to make it feel like you're, you know, giving the audience a unique experience, but sometimes. But I guess when you're like 60 and you're doing 1,600 shows a week and you're yeah. David Copperfield and you've proved everything, like you're probably like, eh, it's four o'clock, fuck it. Like that's what it seemed like. Well, it seems like that, but like the, why is he doing it at all? He, ha like, he, need, he has to do it. He, he's one of those people that has to perform. Like he's a workaholic. He, yeah. he must love it. But like you. I, I consider you a workaholic. Yeah, I do love doing it. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. No, I mean, it's great. And the but I, but I only wanna, gotten better. But I, but I, like, I, I want to make it feel like every show feels unique. I want, you know, I mean, yeah. we want the audience to feel like there's no phoning it in. Like, oh yeah, you're never phoning it in. And what's, what's great about, you know, and what I've learned from you and from Magic, and tell me if this is, I don't know if this is offensive or whatever it is, but like the more successful you become as a magician, like the more like money you're making, the more success you see, the better your show gets. Yeah. There's a lot of magic, what people don't understand is like a lot of it is like you have to buy certain things to create certain illusions. I don't know if that's like... No, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like... I'm sure there's the comedy equivalent, but it's like you kind of get to a point where you create an act and you work hard and you write the show all yourself. And, and then you get to a point where now you have a chance to do it on TV and a bunch of people see it. And then you burn that act that you spent 10 years yeah. on really quick. So then you need to kind of have a new set of material that is of the same caliber in a short period of time. So that's where it's, you kind of find your brain trust and you have people who you can help develop things with. And you also need to do things that nobody else is doing which for magic is is a difficult thing, you know? It's kind of people, there, there's only a certain number of kind of types of magic tricks. That, there's only like seven impossible things you can do in the world. Yeah, I mean, I remember you can like make stuff appear, disappear, finale, float, yeah. You know, you, you, were, you were with a bunny, yeah. right? And then, you know, a couple years ago, you were making a table float when you were like touring with Jason Mraz, which was... Ridiculous. You know, that old thing, yeah. And now you have this incredible Twitter trick that I can't even explain um, over like a microphone because it's too complex but it's yeah. amazing. It's kind of, I mean it's just a t total equivalent of like how I've seen your comedic voice evolve and mature over the years in terms of a magic voice is just kind of like the the idea is like oh wow this trick becomes you know more updated and now it's Twitter and now it's oh it's some Instagram trick or it's what you know evolved into a trick that plays off of things that people are thinking about you know um, Yeah, it's what, very what like in the moment about. which is yeah. great for magic because that's what it is. Exactly, exactly. Which is why I now do magic in my act. Exactly, right. People don't realize that. <laughs> I don't know that either. Now, I think that you are probably someone like me who uh, is on their phone a lot. A lot. A lot. You, ha you have lots so of So much that I wrote it into my show. Like, I, I wrote, because I'm on my phone so much, yet I understand how important it is to live in the moment and be present with people. But I wrote it in my show. Like, I was like, if I, if I want my show to be about something, if I want a message, I'm, I made my show about living in the moment, about, you know, if I'm a live performer like you are, 
it's a unique opportunity for people to sit and actually watch another human being on stage perform that isn't being broadcast. You know what I mean? This is like, this only happens once. So it's a beautiful thing. So I try to really make my show about that really as a reminder to myself to like live in the moment, you know? So I kind of, and it, you know, it's kind of worked, but, but that's how I've kind of tricked myself into remembering that, you know, what's important is like, you know, looking at my buddy Dan in the face. Even though I'm checking my phone at, right now. At his Facebook, yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, what apps in your phone are you constantly going to? Um, well, you know, there's the, there's, you know, the Instagram, the, the Twitter and stuff. You got to know what people are talking about. I'm a big emailer. But I'm a big, uh, big Redfinner. I love oh. Redfin real estate app. I love that app. Because you can drive around, you see a house for sale. Because once, once you kind of have like gone through the process of looking at houses and stuff, you kind of, it's like a, you know, it's an addiction. You kind of always want to know what's out there. Yeah, of course. Maybe, you know, there's something better around the corner. So that's a good way to, a good app to check out what, uh, what's happening. Dude, I, I use an app to control the music in my show, Q Command. Q Command. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So if you want to put, if you want to put sound cues in your show, that's the app to use. I don't need sound cues. You might need. I think you kind of do. And you're not on Tinder because you're now engaged. Well, I actually, no, I'm not. But I actually re-signed up for Tinder yesterday. No, I'm doing a bit in the show for the pilot where I go on Tinder and we set up a bunch of of Tinder dates and I try to, just basically because as a magician, I missed out on a lot of dating in my youth because I was a magician. So it's a chance to make up for it and see if magic helps dating. You're never going to get married now. (laughs) (laughs) I asked Jill. I asked Jill. I was like, babe, can I go on Tinder? It's for a magic trick. She's like, okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, you, I can't, I can't I, I, knowing you, I can't imagine this ending well. This ending well? <laughs> for your relationship. But I, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. There's people on my phone. Yeah. Who I don't know who they are. Really? And yes, and I've wanted to delete them, and I have. And what I want to do is go through your phone right now. Okay. See if there's anyone in your phone that you don't know. Okay. And let's call them and try to figure out who they are. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Because there's a lot of first names in my phone. Yeah, so that, that, that's how we could figure out who they are. Uh, let's see here. So we're going to prank call someone in uh, Justin's phone. This guy's name is Rob. We both know him. He's Justin's friend. He's one of my, one of my good friends, and uh, he's, uh, he's just a uh, dude's got a big heart. He's always, uh, he's always been very supportive and there for me. But he's, he's a magician, and he's got just some really funny magic stories where just tricks at gigs kind of backfire and maybe he kind of ends up making a mess or accidentally dropping a bowling ball on someone's tile floor in their kitchen as his opener. But he has clown insurance. It. This is a real That's thing. The thing. So like as a, as a children's party entertainer, as I used to be, clown insurance, World Clown Association offers a million dollar clown insurance policy to, to members and that's what you present if anyone ever asks if you have liability insurance. Um, but it is the most preposterous insurance to present to somebody. So we'll call him and I'll say that I work for clown insurance. World Cl- from the World Clown Association. World, Cl- World Clown Association. And we're, we're auditing um, some of the claims of, of damage at his gigs and um, they don't seem to maybe be within the parameters of his coverage. Okay, perfect. And um, just so we know the kind of guy he is, I one time took Justin's phone, texted Rob, there's blood everywhere, can you help? And he said, absolutely. He said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> so he's that kind of friend. He's that kind of friend. So let's call him right now. He'd recognize my voice, so. Not we'll, mine, though. I don't okay. Care. Hi, this is uh, Timothy Johnson at the Clown Association. I'm calling you um, regarding the audit of your clown insurance. Uh, yes. 
I've been looking through some of your uh, history, and unfortunately, I don't think we could cover uh, a few of these audits. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, looking here, it seems like there was a bowling ball through the floor um, a few years back. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah well, that's apparently very expensive. Um, we thought we could cover it, but uh, they've actually sent another claim. The family? Do you know this family? Are you friends with them? They're saying that you performed at their party. Is that correct? Yeah, I performed at their party a few years ago, and um, I do the bowling ball illusion, and uh, we put pads on the floor, and if the bowling ball just uh, fell the uh, incorrect way or whatever, I mean, it just landed funny, and um, they had to replace a single tile on their floor, and they did, and it was about $176, and it was over with, and yeah, that was about four or five years ago. Well, they're saying the shattered, the tile was actually shattered. No, it was, it, it had like a, looked like a, wasn't shattered. It was dented, like what, what you would call like a, like kind of like you would drop a, a hard-boiled egg. You know what I mean? It was about that size. And um, they, they came in and replaced it. Um, and uh, somebody came in and replaced the tile, and the claim was around $176, and they were satisfied, and the claim was closed. Were they Persian? Yes. Okay. Now this is making sense. This happens a lot, Rob. We have a lot of people who um, have tricks or what have you go wrong in Persian homes. And then a few years later, they'll reopen the case and try to get more money from us. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, just, it was it was a single piece of tile. And yeah. The tile they. I just. I, I just ran through the same exact issue with a hypnotist, and uh, like five years ago. Yeah, they came in and replaced us. It was a little tiny thing. And I said, would you like to take my fee? And the lady goes, no, we'll go through the insurance. And the insurance went, and it was a single piece of tile, and they replaced it. It was, very, it was just sore. It wasn't shattered. It was like a, like it looks like, it, like a hard-boiled egg size where you drop the hard-boiled egg. Well, they're saying, kinda- they're saying, and this is why we might have to actually, you know, sit down with you to get everything written down because they are now claiming that they have to put down all wood floors because the crack led to another crack and now they're coming to us with a $10,000 fee. No, 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 no. That's that's ridiculous. Honestly, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It was, it was not much bigger than um, a size of an egg. It was very small. It was one little piece tile and the one single piece of tile uh, was replaced and they were happy with it. I even talked to the lady. She said, yeah, we're satisfied. It looks great. No problem. You are wonderful. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'll tell you what they just, they're not satisfied and they do not think you're wonderful because they're claiming $10,000 damage to their floor where a quote magic performed the bowling ball trick and uh, a damaged Persian rug. No, that's silly. It's yeah, silly, but this is the real deal. I mean, I don't know yeah, what don't. what to tell you. I mean, you know, we could... I, I don't feel like the clown insurance should be responsible for a $10,000 crack tile. Yeah, no, and it shouldn't, and neither should I, because that's not what happened. Also, there's a claim from PETA from another party regarding a dead goldfish. Wait, what? Yeah, there's I'm, a claim from PETA saying what? That's... I have. I'm just going through your folder. I'm sorry. It's obviously Saturday, so it's been a very busy day. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a, 
a claim from PETA regarding um, a dead goldfish. I'm not sure what that means, but that's also another fee of $300. That's, I wasn't even doing the goldfish trick back then when I had cloud insurance. And I've done it maybe six or seven times, and the goldfish just never die. So you're telling me all your goldfish are living right now? Yes. I hardly ever even do the goldfish. I did that on the road. Maybe Pete had seen my video and went, oh, let's cause problems. That's ridiculous. That's what's happening here. This is so silly. We're going to need pictures of your goldfish alive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're fine. I mean, they, they I produce a goldfish, and they go in a glass, and when they're done, I put them back in a little, um, what do you call it, um, Tupperware container. I take them home put them in a tank. Oh, no. Okay, Tupperware. That's the problem. That's the problem right there. Peter, why would Peter be at my show? He wasn't on my show. There's, you know, PETA, let me tell you something. I've worked for this company for 15 years. PETA is everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah, none of my goldfish have ever died in a performance. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know um, Omar Lagoria, right? The magician. Yeah, I know Omar. Well, we just shut down his act in Vegas because of PETA. Oh, my God. I don't even do the goldfish. I probably do the goldfish routine three times a year, and I don't do it. At a private performance, I normally do it at big corporate performances or on on a cruise ship, you know, that kind of thing. That's yeah, silly. what you want to do is, if you, when you do this trick, you just want to do a public funeral for the goldfish. Do you want to do what? A public funeral for the goldfish to make it, you know, to illustrate that you respect the animal. We do that a lot with our animals. We just try if, if, a, if a magician or a clown or an entertainer uses an animal in their show, if they die, we like for that performance to, to do a public funeral no, I understand, but they've never died. That's the thing. They've never died. I know, but this I is mean, Peter. Yeah, this is Peter. This is. Yeah, I mean, poor Omar. Time. Where's Omar going to go? Are you, Are you friendly with Omar? Or you just know him from the circuit. I know him from the circuit, but I can call him. Yeah, give him a call. He'll help you through this Peter problem. Have you ever had an injured goldfish? No, I've only done it like five times. It's in my demo video. That's probably what they. Oh, uh, okay. That it's in the demo video. So okay. So, but the goldfish. I'm just writing this down. The goldfish are alive. They're not injured. Are you working with sick goldfish? No. No, I, I've only, like I said, I've only done that perform that trick like five. It's on my actual demo video, and that's what they're seeing, probably. All right. So just they're to... probably just searching around looking for trouble. It's on my demo video. Okay, so them, they're alive and they're fine. All right, the goldfish they are go, fine. They actually go into a when it's done, they go into a Tupperware container with. A, okay, look, I got uh, I'll say, I'll say it again. A, Let's just not mention blower. Tupperware because Pete is very much against Tupperware, so I'm just going to leave that out. I'm going to say after the okay. performance, you put them in a very nice crystal crystal bowl, and in that bowl there's with a little, an air pump, and yeah, with and an often, air pump. Honestly, I do. I transport them in the the Tupperware, but they do go into a glass fish tank, uh, you know, bowl with an air pump. Okay. I'm an animal nut myself. I know. Me. So just, just so for, for paperwork, can I have each goldfish's name? Um, yeah, they're, they're Jaws and Nemo. Got it. Jaws and Nemo. Okay. So, yeah. so that's good. So we have the goldfish and we have the tile covered. Trying to think if there's anything else to go over. Is there anything that you know? Everything else looks pretty clear to me. I mean, you, you I've had, never, yeah, I've you don't never work, had a problem. You were not involved with the big lion, right? No, no, no. you never worked with the big lion. A, no, I do uh, a comedy magic act. I'm a, just a single magician, you know, like just doing okay. private and perform for performances. 
And there's certain com- there's certain magicians who are currently under investigation. Do you know Murray? Yeah, very well. He's a good friend. Okay, let's try not to talk to Murray for a few months. Huh? Trying to think who else. Ryan Oaks also under investigation. Do you know him? No, uh-uh. Okay, that's good. Uh there's... Now, Pete is obviously clearly looking at my demo video and it shows me producing goldfish. I'm all over Google. But no, I've never had a, I've never ever injured or hurt or had a sick animal of any kind in my act ever. And right. I take very good care of them. All right. Well, John. Yeah, I rarely use the goldfish. I've probably done it five times in the last six or seven years. All right. But it is on my demo performance video, which is all over line. That, that's the issue. Pete is probably looking at your demo nonstop. Um, there's also. Yeah. Uh, these magicians to just kind of stay away from during this sort of heated PETA situation is Murray, um, Ryan Oaks. There's also Derek Hughes. Have you, have you associated with him? I know Derek very well, yeah. Okay. Um, Derek doesn't use animals in his act at all. Yeah, well, there's some other things that he's going on right now that we can't really discuss over the phone. But sure. if you email him or probably want to talk to him in person best. And um, okay. there's also, who else? There's Justin Willman. Have you, you ever, you know him? Justin, he's my best friend. Okay. Um, Justin doesn't use animals either. Justin doesn't oh, he's use... Oh, a rabbit. Yeah, that's... Occasionally. Yeah, but he doesn't put that in a Well, PETA found out they... that, that he sold the rabbit, and now he, there's actually rabbit's feet now for sale based on his rabbit. <laughs> Are you aware of this? Are, all I could tell you is Justin Wilman is in very hot water. His whole team is being investigated. We need you to stay away from him. If there's any questions regarding PETA, I'm just okay. advising you to meet with him in person. Oh, just talk to Justin in person? Okay. Uh, yeah. And, um, and yeah. And then you'll also... you. You're close with Justin and Derek, or Derek and Justin? I'm very close with uh, Justin. I'm not very close Derek. All right. Well, then you right know that now. you know that Justin has to leave the state of California, right? He can't practice magic in California anymore. Hello. <laughs> Losing you, Rob. I kind of lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah, if I saw... Well, I can't... I can't hear you. Um, I probably already said too much. So, um... I'm not, we're not even about it. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. Just stay away from Justin. Stay away from Derek. Definitely stay away from Murray. And uh, just keep Jaws and Nemo very close. What can I do to squash the Nothing. We'll handle it. Okay. Okay. Well, if you need anything, feel free to call me. I will. Um, I might need to come over to your house and just sort of check out the fish in person and watch you do the bowling ball trick with a tile yeah. to see if it cracks. You know, just kind of cover our bases. Yeah, sure. All right, great. Um, I'm a, I'm a clown, obviously, on the weekends, too, so I'll just need to place a change into my normal suit. <laughs> okay. All right, talk, talk to you soon. 
All right, what was your name again? Sorry. Tommy Johnson. Okay. Yeah, Howie, yeah. If you need anything, call me. That's fine. Okay. Oh, AK, you, you probably know me as Jingles. As who? I'm Jingles the Clown, but I, my full-time job is, you know, this. But. Okay. Yeah, if you have any issues, uh, let me know. Okay, you're familiar with my work, though, right? No. Oh. Okay, well, no one really is. I mean, you're being serious, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm Jingles, um, but that's okay. No, I mean, you're being, this whole call is serious. It's not a joke. Uh, nothing, there is nothing funny about okay. breaking tile and goldfish. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to, I mean, I just wanted to double check that, you know, sometimes my, I've had magician friends call me up and mess with me and tell jokes and stuff. Oh, no, magicians don't joke around. <laughs> Clowns do. Okay. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, if you have any issues, call me, but this can be totally straightened out. You can come do whatever you want. It's fine. All right, see you soon. All right, bye-bye. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a great one. Razzing All for the right. Oh. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on this <laughs> podcast. Thank you for letting us have two great prank phone calls. My pleasure. Thank my you pleasure. for being a good magician. And we look forward to your Comedy Central show and all the other shows you host and the magic you do everywhere. Thanks, buddy. You're the best. Thank you. What do I got? People in my phone. What do I got? I got people in my people phone. People in my phone. What do I got? People in my people phone. People in my phone. What do I got?